1: From the studios of News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT.
2: Even when it's not football season, it's football season in Ohio. You know that, right? Round the the clock, 24-7, 365, whether it's the Buckeyes in Columbus or the Browns in Cleveland, we've got you covered here on the home of both the Browns and the Buckeyes, News Talk 1480 WHBC. And joining us right now to talk some Browns, he is the outstanding Browns beat reporter at the repository Steve Dorshuk joining us on the Kenny and JT show once again? How are you, Steve?
1: Doing well, Kenny. But uh, you missed one, didn't you? Aren't you guys covering the Bucks now? <laughs> uh, the, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Steve. Very good. Just a little
0: guilt by association, we believe.
1: Okay. Yeah, so, we'll hold our breath on that one. Right. Top of the uh, right. afternoon, either. you guys are always good to talk to you. We've got a lot of friends uh, who listen to the show. Hello to them. Hope everybody's having a good afternoon.
2: Thank you. Same well, to thanks, you. Steve, and thanks to them for tuning in. So uh, where do you want to start, Steve? Uh, you want to start with the Haslam's uh, wanting to get into the NBA, the Haslam's wanting a new stadium, uh, the Haslam's raising ticket prices. Pick one of those, Steve. Where do you want to go?
1: I'll pick the first conversation I ever had with Jimmy Haslam. Uh, Kenny, and there haven't been a ton of conversations since then because um, of this and that. But uh, the first time I ever met Jimmy Haslam, It was an interesting conversation for me. Found out we have a few things in common. One, we're the same age. Two, we had the same first job. We both pumped gas for our dad at our dad's gas station. Three, we thought we were pretty good uh, athletes when we were kids. We uh, thought we were uh, fast white guys who could carry the ball in the backyard football game, and um, we had all that in common. And I found out over the years, Kenny and JT, that I have nothing in common with Jimmy. And uh, don't really understand the way he thinks, uh, but uh, can analyze it. I don't like the way he thinks and operates uh, here in uh, Ohio.
0: And you miss number four. You're both billionaires.
1: Yeah, no, bucks, bucks, bucks. Yeah, uh, we're both billionaires. I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Sorry
2: yeah there you go uh, of course in the media business uh yeah, radio tv we're all billionaires or writers and newspapers and online uh we we can retire right now if we steve want
0: serious question when you think and you consider uh jimmy haslam d haslam whoever the ownership group wanting to buy these and be a conglomerate and have multiple different sports franchises and different sports ownership do they really want to win
1: they want to win for themselves and their families and the people close to them that they want to take care of, I think, JT. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's uh, um, nearly enough of the element of one of the most important things that uh, you would want in an owner if uh, you're in that fan base, if you root for a team. You want that owner to have a heart and a mindset mind, a mindset of stewardship. I think going all the way back to Al Lerner, um, uh, whatever his sins in consort with Art Modell might have been back in the day. By the time Al Lerner got to Cleveland, I think he had a heart and a mindset for uh, for stewardship. That is, it's not his team; it's the people's team. Hmm. And with the Haslums, especially with Jimmy, I don't really uh, know a D other than to say hello to her. But with the, with Jimmy Haslam, I'm very convinced that's uh, um, to use the word selfish isn't going too far. But it's a selfish approach to uh, uh, maintaining his business interests. They're all about him and not about you and me and not about Northeast Ohio, although he's politically correct enough and uh, image conscious enough to uh, do what it takes to make it seem as though there's a stewardship element there.
2: It's very well put, Steve. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, one of the the worst owners in the NFL as far as production with wins and money spent. Uh, that got Modell mm-hmm. into trouble, and he went bankrupt and had to move the team. That's never going to happen uh, with the Jimmy Haslam just because of, well, Pilot Flying J, his net worth of $4.8 billion, and here he is branching out. He already owns the crew in Columbus, the Browns in Cleveland. Now the Bucks in Milwaukee. It, do you think – his only interest in Milwaukee is because it makes money, or do you think uh, he wants to jump on the, the coattails of an organization that is uh, primed to win another championship in the next three or four years?
1: No, I, I think, uh, Kenny, it's all about Jimmy having fun okay. and uh, Jimmy uh, owning this and owning that and uh, owning the other thing. You know, um, business at some point, you know, uh, his dad had a gas station. Then his dad had a few more gas stations than my dad ever had and uh, got to his billion. And, uh, and that ran out of being fun for a while, so he, he dove into the Pittsburgh Steelers as a minority owner, and that was fun, and he wanted to up the ante, and it didn't matter where the hell the team was, whether it was in uh, uh, Puff Kipsy or, or was, whether it was in Cleveland, he was going to buy a team if one was, uh, was available, and and he did. And now it was about more fun uh, buying the crew, and that's all the bucks are about, is uh, Jimmy having fun. And... Uh, if he's uh, going to share the wealth, it's going to be with the, his people and not a wide swath of community, which we talked about in the stewardship element. So I think it's just Jimmy having fun. And Kenny, I, I, yeah. uh, <laughs> I had a laugh today when uh, uh, just the, for the clip notes version, I uh, shot it over to my Alexa and said uh, uh, Jimmy Haslam just to see what uh, came up uh, for their version of the news. And uh, somebody planted something in, in the brain of uh, my Alexa, and it was uh, – Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam, the world's greatest sports fans, and then it went into the news. I said, like, "Where the heck did that come from?" <laughs> you
2: know where it came from? Jimmy and D don't they own that yeah, company, and yeah, so they can I, put in there whatever they want. They they
1: must, <laughs> or it never would have been on there.
2: Uh, That's the way, hey, power, uh, you know, uh, goes a long way, and you can uh, change Google, you can change Alexa, Siri, all these uh, social media outlets and avenues and that if uh, you have the money to do so, and uh, by gosh, uh, he sure does. He stayed out of prison when his company uh, was uh, investigated by the IRS, the FBI and everything, so uh, he can do a lot of things. We're happy to have Steve Dorschuk with us here on the Kenny and JT Show, Browns beat Reporter at The Repository. You can follow him on Twitter at S. Dorshuk, R-E-P. Let's talk about the new stadium side of things. Uh, Steve, do you think this is going to happen? It should have happened in 99, but they wanted to come back so soon. They didn't care about the stadium. They just wanted to play football, so they screwed up then. Do you think it happens now?
1: It's got to happen. Owners uh, throughout the country have their cities over a barrel. If they want a new stadium, all you have to do is threaten to move the team, and uh, you get your new stadium. so... It's probably going to happen. The only thing that I wonder about, guys, is the uh, shrinking uh, population base and uh, maybe a little bit of deterioration of the economy up here in Northeast Ohio, as opposed to a place like uh, Central Ohio. But if we still have the population base and still have the economic cloud up here, uh, uh, the political uh, movers and shakers will get it done. This goes back to what happened to the Browns when they moved in 1995. If uh, Art Modell, and this is, was his biggest crime, as we've uh, talked about in the past, and uh, we all agree, his biggest crime was he never gave the people a chance to put pressure on the politicos to build a new stadium. He just up in the city was going to move the team, and poof, it was gone. But uh, now that we've uh, had that harsh lesson, we uh, we know that uh, uh, the only way to keep your teams these days, for better or for worse, and we can all agree that it's much worse, but the only way to keep your team is to uh, uh, play the stadium game and hand it over.
0: If you can lose a team in St. Louis after winning a Super Bowl, anybody's yeah. up for grabs again.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's you all, can all say about that, the Benjamins.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's what it's all about. So I'm, I'm with you. I think it gets done. Uh, we'll see, though, uh, You know, if the, the taxpayers and the fans uh, have to pay for it all or if hasn't, if he can a- afford to buy 25% of the bucks, you would think he could afford to put some money in towards a new stadium. So we'll see where that goes. I'm not holding my breath on that, though, Steve. Uh, we also found out recently that the Browns are playing in Canton for the first time since 1999 in the Hall of Fame game, Steve. You were expecting this like us, weren't you, that uh, with Joe Thomas going in the Browns were going to be there?
1: Yeah, it was a no-brainer. You know, the people at the Hall of Fame are right-minded in the way they uh, arranged things connected to the enshrinement, and this uh, this this was a done deal. Uh, uh, probably, um, well, I'm sure the discussions were made before Joe Thomas went in, and as soon as Joe did, uh, we were going to have the game down here. So, yeah, that's great. You know, it's it's a good day. But it's not going to be anything, guys. It's not going to be anything like it was in 1999 when the team was, was here. And uh, as sad as it is to say, the uh, whole vibe of the return of the Cleveland Browns peaked that day when the Browns beat the Cowboys in uh, in Fawcett Stadium. And everybody was thrilled and everybody was optimistic. And it was really, really exciting. Probably the only really exciting Hall of Fame game there has ever been, but it was that day. But uh, this this is just going to be an exhibition game that has our local team in it. But that's great. I'm glad they're coming.
0: Steve, feel free to use this little tidbit in your next article, too. Oh. Out of the over 112 teams ever to appear in a Hall of Fame game, not one has ever gone on to win the Super Bowl. So don't get oh, your oh, hopes no. up.
1: That's terrible. Well, they see, says the Browns do everything backwards, that's a guarantee <laughs>
0: they're going to hey. be there. Is this the bizarro <laughs> world? The Browns could play the Jets in a meaningless exhibition game, play them again in the regular season, not losing the last-minute 55, and then win the Super Bowl?
1: There you go. Yeah, why not? I mean, we can come up with a thousand reasons, but why not? But, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I believe in miracles, so <laughs> that would be the greatest one I've ever seen. <laughs>
2: Oh, Steve Dorschach, our guest here on the, <laughs> the Kenny and JT Show, talking uh, Jimmy Haslam, Miss D, as uh, Freddie used to call her, Haslam, uh, the Browns. What the hell does JW do over there? JT and I always wonder, what What the hell is JW's job in the front office? Uh, he's, what, uh, Jimmy's son-in-law, I think. What does JW do you know, over there?
1: JW is what he does very well is marry into the right family. So yeah. Kenny.
0: <laughs>
1: That's probably the long and short of it. But I will say this for him, you know, when he comes around and, you know, I haven't, been up there to the extent that I uh, had been in, uh, in in other years, but uh, I was up there enough uh, when uh, JT was, uh, you know, playing his cards and, and showing his hands. He's actually a very friendly guy and uh, and outgoing, and uh, likes to say hello to people and uh, and be wall like. So um, I would go so far as to say there's more of a human element in the son-in-law than there is in the father-in-law.
2: Okay. All right. So. Is he better at his job than David Modell was at his job, son of art?
1: Ooh. How's the team doing? <laughs>
2: about the same? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well they are doing about the same yeah. art. You know, when when you look at art's uh, art after the nineteen sixties, uh, it was about a five hundred proposition, maybe a few games under, so yeah, they're they're way at well, David did better, I guess. You guys ever meet uh Kenny, did you ever meet David Modell? I
2: met him one, one time, one. that was it. Yeah.
1: One of the most fascinating characters I ever met, you know, it's a, would, have, uh, would have been a book that nobody had read, but there was a book in there somewhere about uh, the playground of David Modell's mind. And uh, I'll, I'll say that, uh, you know, Mr. Haslam's son-in-law uh, seems to have his act a little bit more to get together than uh, our best friend Dave.
2: All right, now let's turn to the ones are there scouting. Uh, they don't have a first-round mine is underway. Uh, the Browns are there scouting. Uh, they don't have a first-round pick because they gave it away, uh, along with other first-round picks in the Deshaun Watson deal, so their first pick won't be in the until the second round at pick number 43. What is, in Steve Dorshik's mind, what is their biggest need this offseason, be it the draft, free agency, or trades?
1: Quarterback. Watson about, uh, they say that, obviously, aren't going to draft one. They drafted uh, Deshaun Watson about uh, down there at 43 a couple of years ago, but that's what they need. Um, I mean, they need a lot of things, okay, they need uh, defensive tackles, um,
2: Yeah,
1: probably uh, uh, need another receiver, uh, but they need, they need a lot of things, right, but more than anything, they're going to get at the draft, and this draft, Kenny and JT reminds me of the Bo Bell draft, you know, what's the difference, you know, you're drafting way down there, mm-hmm. you're not going to change your team with this draft, of course, Bo Bell was a fourth rounder uh, back in 2008 when Phil was trying to fix things, and and uh, wound up without any draft choices. But uh, I really do believe that it's all about the quarterback. If uh, Watson works out as a player and, uh, you know, let's uh – I'll get off my high horse, I guess. Uh, I hated uh, the fact they were pursuing him in the first place. Hated the fact that they signed him. Hate, hate, hate the deal that they gave him. All of that. And uh, I didn't, uh, didn't really like very much about uh, anything that I saw of his play in the um, last few games of this past season. But uh, – That's what they need uh, more than anything. Can we agree on that?
0: Well, he didn't give you any reasons to change your mind in those six games that he played in. Had he lit it up, you might have thought, hey – this is the wave of the future. There are going to be contracts that are going to be like this, and let's face it, you got a guy sitting in Baltimore that wants the next big contract, and it's only a matter of time until he's not the highest-paid guy in the NFL. And we understand that, and that's just the way it is in professional sports. We're seeing in baseball right now that they're against the salary cap. They're, they're against a floor as well. So, I mean, we have callers every day saying it's just too much, but as long as you're going to be a fan, you're going to have to deal with it.
1: Yeah, you have to deal with it. What I have a hard time dealing with is, uh, you know, uh, if you're hoping that Deshaun Watson is going to be, it's been since 2019 since he had a good season, and that's ancient, ancient history. I just don't see, uh, you know, where the precedent is for uh, somebody in his circumstances with all of the mess that's been on his plate coming back. But that's what you got to hope for.
0: Right. I mean, everything we've seen out of this guy, as far as being a total athlete, He's probably the best quarterback that they've had since maybe Otto Graham. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, honestly, when you look yeah. at the guys that have played and all these, how many quarterbacks are there, Kenny, over 30 that have, yeah. that have suited up for the Cleveland Browns, none sure. of them have the attributes of a Deshaun Watson. We're going to find out. And if he doesn't play well, it could be curtains for this organization.
1: No, that's no, fair. Neither here nor there, JT. But uh, going back to Frank Ryan, every all the old timers who played with Frank Ryan said he had five uh, wonderful years, and in three of them he got to the Browns at the championship game. So I'm going to say that Frank Ryan. Well, that's
0: fine, but the, the point is you have to go back to to black and yeah. white television yeah, to do. find that's a quarterback that. that's had any of these attributes. That you finally got a guy that's physical, that's a real athlete at the position. Hopefully, he can pan out. If not, you start an all over.
1: the Game though attributes. That- JT, head right. for the game. Is that there? We don't know. That's, a, that's, that's what that's we're going to find, question. Yeah. We're gonna find no, out. We're going to find out now that he didn't
0: have to sit out for two years. I'm not trying to make the case for Deshaun Watson. I hope as a fan of the Cleveland Browns that it works out. But we don't know. And, I mean, we didn't expect him to show as much rust. We thought it was going to be inevitable. He's going to sit that suspension out. He's going to come back. He's going to light it up. Well, it's not that easy in, in Cleveland, obviously, or anywhere. Nope, it, you got it. it. Didn't light it up.
2: Yeah, the the other thing, too, I mean, when you look at his numbers, guys, he's top five all time, and I know it's a small sample size, but he has enough to qualify. He's top five all time for highest quarterback rating in NFL history. So that's what the Browns, when they made the move, Steve, right, that's what they were banking on. They were banking on getting this guy. Uh, to, to come in and be their savior based on the way he played uh, with the Houston Texans.
1: so Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, there was all that. I agree with that, and I thought about that before I came on, what we might be talking about today. But all of that's there. The stuff was in place. Smart guys yeah. made that decision. Andrew Berry's a very smart guy. He was in on it. But there's a tone-deaf quality to the Browns, and uh, and the, the whole uh, Deshaun Watson experience from start to now for me wasn't was his tone-deaf. I
2: hear where you're coming from. You you are not alone in feeling that way. So we'll see how this uh, offseason plays out into next season for the Browns. Steve, we always appreciate the time. Thanks for checking in with us, and we'll talk again down the road, all right?
1: Yeah, great to talk to you guys. See you next time.
2: All right, sounds great. There he is, outstanding Browns beat reporter at the Repository.